happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there, uh, especially if you're feeling like this this morning. Can any of you relate to this video? A bunch of the moms' hands went up. But you, you don't even have to be a mom to really relate to this, right? A lot of us are tired and busy. We all have things that we've got to go do, work to get done, places to be, people who need us, and we don't have enough time in our days to get it all done. We're all busy. We're all exhausted. And our culture fixates on our busyness. Have you noticed this? As Americans in our culture, we have an obsession with being productive and efficient, even when it hurts us. We all have lots to do. It's even how we talk to each other. How many of you this week had someone go, hey, what are you busy with? Or what's going on in your life? No one has ever asked me, hey, Jacob, did you get nine hours of sleep last night? Hey, Jacob, did you take all your vacation days this year? No one ever asks that. We're all busy. We're all tired, and we don't have time for rest. But we know rest is kind of important, right? There are all of these studies and all these headlines that we'll see about the value of rest, how rest is good for us physically, or mentally, how it's good for us emotionally or in our relationships with other people. And the headlines are varied. It's uh, get up from your desk a couple times a day. Make sure you get good sleep. Uh, take a recovery day with your workout routine. Go on vacation once a year. Again and again and again, we're told we need to rest. Even Forbes recently wrote, you can only work so hard and only, you can only do so much in a day, you have to stop and rest at some point. Whether you work nine to five, you work from home, you stay at home, or you're retired, we all need to rest. And so this morning we're gonna think about rest, and we're gonna talk about rest, and it's really important that we talk about rest in the middle of our series on work. And there are a couple of reasons for that. The first is that here at Rooftop, we believe that following Jesus impacts all of who we are and all of what we do. And that includes our work, but it also includes our rest. And the other reason we need to talk about rest is because so many of us have fallen into the cycle of just living life in, amidst our busyness, and we don't stop and rest. And if that's you this morning, if you're here this morning, I want to encourage you to pause and to think about the value of rest in your life. Because the truth is that you were made for purposeful rest. You were made for purposeful rest. You weren't made to be busy all of the time. Now, I know this for a lot of reasons. Uh, I know this because there are a lot of scientific studies out there that I read this past week on the value of rest for people. But I also know that you were made for purposeful rest because Jesus said you were made for purposeful rest. And here at Rooftop, we take what Jesus says very seriously. 
You see, Jesus was a master Sabbath keeper. That's the language of his day. That word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew Shabbat. Shabbat was the day of rest for God's people. And it's in the context of Sabbath that Jesus talks about rest, how we need to rest, and how we need to read rest purposefully. So follow along with me as Jesus talks about rest in Mark chapter 2. He says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and, his, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. Pause there for a minute. Now, for you and I, picking grain as we walked through a field doesn't seem like that big a deal. But in Jesus' day, the religious leaders had looked at Scripture, and they had determined that there were 39 kinds of work that you were not supposed to do on the Sabbath day. And Picking grain happened to be one of those kinds of work. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar the priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And this is a reference to a story in 1 Samuel chapter 21. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is, as Jesus is going through life and uh, breaks this law that the religious leaders had in his day, he gets to this really fundamental point that all of us need to remember. That the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is, human beings were made for rest. Not this, and it's not that this special sacred day has any inherent importance. See, Jesus agrees on some level with the Pharisees. He agrees that the Sabbath is important, but it's important uh, for a different reason than the Pharisees think it's important. The Pharisees think that the Sabbath is important because it's a sacred day. It's this day that's really special, and we've got to do all of these things on this day. But Jesus says that the Sabbath is important not for what it is, but for what it allows. Because it gives us time to rest and to connect with God. That's why the Sabbath is important. You see, when God created humanity, he made rest part of the order of things. Did you know that the week, the seven-day week, is the only non-physical unit of time? All of our other units of time, years, months, days, hours, minutes, seconds, those are based on physical measurements, right? The time it takes the earth to go around the sun, or to, for the moon to go around the earth, or the time it takes the earth to make a rotation, or in the case of the second, the uh, rate of decay for a ground uh, unit of the KCM-133 element. That's what the second, that's what our second is, but not the week. Not the week. The week doesn't have a physical origin. The week has its origin in scripture. And it's given to us by God so that every seven days we can stop what we're doing, we can cease from our work, we can cease our busyness 
and think about what God has been doing and what he is doing. That's the point of the week. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You were made for purposeful rest. And both parts of that statement are true. You were made for rest, and you were made for rest that is purposeful. You see, Christians, in our desire to follow what Jesus says in that passage in Mark that we just read, in our desire to not be legalists about the Sabbath, we've actually swung a little too far in the other direction. We've just decided not to Sabbath at all. We just don't rest. Lauren Winner, who is a uh, convert to Christianity from Judaism, says that this is really clear. She says, uh, there is something in Jewish Sabbath that is absent from most Christian Sundays, a true cessation of the rhythms of work and world, a time wholly set apart. We don't rest. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's who I am too. I don't rest. I'm really bad at resting. A couple of weeks ago, I got towards the end of my week, and I realized I was only going to work 50 hours that week. Five zero, 50, not 15 just so you're clear, 50. <laughs> and when I realized I was only going to work 50 hours, this wave of guilt washed over me because there was so much more to do that week. And I said to myself, I said, you know what? There's a lot to do. I'm just going to come in on my day off and work for a few hours. I'm just going to get a little bit of work done. If that's how you think, if you resonate with that, if you go into work for just a few hours on your day off, you need to repent. You need to stop thinking and living that way because you were not made to work all of the time. You were made for purposeful rest. Now, some of you are workaholics like me, and some of you are not workaholics. <laughs> no, one needs, no one needs to check in on you and make sure you're getting enough rest done. No one needs to make sure you clock out at 40 hours so that you're getting enough sleep, right? There are some of you out here, and that's, that's okay. Um, the, the lesson for those of you like that here is that you need to rest purposefully. You need to rest purposefully. Because rest is not doing nothing. Right? Rest is not doing nothing. Rest is not watching Netflix for 15 hours on your day off. It's not binging a Game of Thrones season every weekend. Right? That's not what rest is. Scripturally, rest is much more intentional. The sort of purposeful rest that gets talked about in Scripture is rest that is God-honoring and restorative. It's rest that refreshes you. It's rest that's intentional and purposeful. It's rest from work, but it's also rest for work so you can be ready to go again. Now, some of you have really physical jobs, right? Maybe you're a mechanic or a plumber, maybe you're a nurse, and at the end of your week, you are just done. You are physically exhausted. If that's your job, then you need to rest physically, right? When I was a handyman, in, uh, when I was in grad school, I would get to the end of a week of handymanning, and I would need a nap. I was just tired. 
If you're tired physically, you need physical rest. But many of us don't have jobs that are physically demanding, right? We have jobs that are more mental or emotionally demanding, right? Maybe you're a, a teacher or a counselor or a stay-at-home mom, right? You're just tired at the end of the week, and you might need a nap. That's entirely possible. But you may also need to go do something physical. What might be restorative for you is going on a jog or going to the gym or working on a project in your house. The point is, when we rest, we need to rest in a way that restores us, a way that is purposeful and gets us ready for what comes next. Now, for the rest of our time together this morning, I want to share uh, with you three ways that we can all purposefully rest. Three ways. Uh, Or, as Pastor Matt might say it, I would like to share with you several scriptural suggestions for successful Sabbathing. I had to work way harder on that than I would care to admit. Yeah. And as uh, I share these really practical things with you, I just want to, I want you all to know that whenever we get really practical here at Rooftop, whenever we give you a list of things that you can do, uh, it's not so that you can do those things so Jesus loves you more. Jesus already loves you more than you can possibly imagine. So we don't do these things because it's going to make God love us more. We do these things, and we suggest these things from up here on stage so that you can live in love and obedience to what God has already done for you. So keep that in mind as we walk through these suggestions for how to uh, rest purposefully. So the first way to purposefully rest is to plan to rest. Plan to rest. Whether you're not good at resting or you're not good at being purposeful with your resting, the thing is you're not going to change anything about your life unless you make the decision to intentionally do that. So plan your rest. Plan how and when you're going to rest. When God gave the Israelites instructions for Sabbath, He didn't just say, hey, however you feel like resting, go and do this. No, he gave really specific instructions, like these in Exodus 20, where he says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Those are specific instructions, right? Israel is not supposed to work on a day, and what not working means is no one does anything, right? There's a lot of how, and there's a lot of when there. There's a very clear plan that Israel is supposed to follow. My mom has always been good at uh, planning her rests. Uh, Even as the homeschooling mother of five children, who happened to run a farm in her spare time. I have no idea how she did that. Mom would always set aside time to rest. She was very intentional about this. She would get up at some ungodly hour of the morning, and she would go study the scriptures and spend time with God and call her friends on the phone and pray with them. She was very intentional about setting aside time in her day, time in her week, to Sabbath, to rest, 
and to spend time with God. She was so intentional about this that when my parents built their house, they actually made mom's closet a little bigger so she had a Sabbath-keeping space where she could go. Mom knew that her life was busy and she wasn't just going to happen to run into extra free time somewhere. And so she planned her Sabbaths so that she would keep them. And all of us can do this too. We can all plan our rests. Years ago, I heard Pastor Eugene Peterson say that in order for him to make sure he had rest every week, he would put it on his calendar. And so that's what I do. Months in advance, I put my Sabbaths on my calendar. And then when someone goes, hey, Jacob, can you do this? Can you come here? Can you meet me? And I go, sorry, I've already got something planned for that moment. I put my time for rest on my calendar. And I would encourage all of you to do the same thing. Get your phones out this morning. Pull up your calendars. Find that next block of time in your life when you need to rest and put it on your calendar. Plan for it so that you make sure you do it. Now, some of you need to plan with your calendars, and others, others of you need to plan with your finances. You need to, you need to budget uh, for a babysitter so that you can have a Sabbath without your kids. Or maybe you need to talk to your spouse and find a time when you can watch the kids, and then they can go Sabbath, and then you can reverse that. But the point is this. Whatever you need to do logistically, plan your rest. Put it on your calendar. Get it out there. Intentionally prepare for it. Because if you don't, it's not going to happen. The second thing we can do to purposefully rest is to protect our rest. And this, of course, goes with planning, right? Because once you plan something, you have to protect it. You have to prevent other seemingly important things from coming in and, and getting rid of the time that you had set aside. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, God, when uh, God talked to Israel about the Sabbath, uh, he made it pretty clear that this thing they were doing was worth protecting. Uh, look at Exodus 31:15. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. It's a pretty intense protection. Similarly, Leviticus 23.3 says, There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. That's, those are some pretty strong protections that God puts on the Sabbath. And they're echoed in the New Testament as well. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews says this, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. That is, if you follow Jesus, God is your example of rest. Just like God rested on the work of creation, so also we should rest. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Let us make every effort to enter that rest. Do whatever you need to do to protect your rest, to protect your time of restoration and your time with God. Uh, does anyone here like Chick-fil-A? 
Four of you, okay, cool. More of you, all right. Um, I like Chick-fil-A. In fact, like is probably too incomplete a word to describe the relationship that Chick-fil-A and I have with one another. I love Chick-fil-A. I love the chicken, I love the lemonade, the frosted coffee. Have you all tried the frosted coffee at Chick-fil-A? You all need to go try the frosted coffee from Chick-fil-A. One of the biggest regrets of my life is that I didn't know Chick-fil-A sauce existed until Haley and I started dating. I went 18 years without God's elixir of life, I mean, without Chick-fil-A sauce. And you know the hardest part of my relationship with Chick-fil-A? They are closed on Sundays. And as a moment of confession to you all, I'm going to be honest, I'm not always happy that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. But do you know why they are closed on Sundays? Well, founder Truett Cathy says that we're, they're closed on Sundays so that employees can rest. So that employees can rest and worship if they want to. You can go read that. It's on the Chick-fil-A website. In order to protect their employees' rest, Chick-fil-A just doesn't try to not schedule people one day a week. They don't say, oh, it's important that you rest off the clock, but when you're here, work. No, they close for a day. They do no business for a day because they recognize that rest for their employees is that important. We could all learn a thing or two from how Chick-fil-A protects their rest. And to those ends, I have three practical suggestions for you. First, protect your rest by making it so you can't work. Some of you need to mute your phones. You need to Turn off your text messages. You need to log out of Slack. You need to make it so you can't check email. You need to leave your laptop at work. You need to make it so you can't rest. I'm sorry, that you can't work. So that you can rest. <laughs> Try it. Leave, leave your work at work for a weekend. You'll be pleasantly surprised that the world will continue to function. The second way to protect your rest is to uh, get some accountability about it. Find someone who's going to make sure that you're resting like you should. Mark Camille, who is one of the elders here at Rooftop, does this for me. Mark knows that Monday is the day that I try to Sabbath, and so from time to time as we're talking, he'll check in with me. Hey, Jacob, how you doing? Are you actually resting on Mondays? Mark will also not email me text me, or call me on Monday because he knows that if he does those things, he's tempting me to work. Find someone like Mark, someone who's going to come alongside you and help you rest in the way that you need to. And the third way to protect your rest is to encourage it in others. Encourage it in others. Don't expect other people to be working all the time either. Extend some grace when someone doesn't respond to your email or your text message or your Facebook or your Instagram post or any of the other ways you communicate with people. Encourage people to take vacation. Encourage people to enjoy their time off. Be okay with someone who doesn't come to your social event 
because they are spending time with God or spending time with their family. Encourage others to rest. Encourage your boss, your coworkers, your friends, your family, and probably especially, if you have one, your spouse. Encourage them to rest. In her book, Breathe, Making Room for Sabbath, Priscilla Shearer writes, God always and eternally intended the Sabbath to be a lifestyle, an attitude, a perspective, an orientation that enables us to govern our lives and steer clear of bondage. Protecting your times of purposeful rest is crucial to making Sabbath-keeping a part of your life and a part of your walk with God. The final way to purposefully rest is to rest in Jesus. One of the, my favorite things that Jesus says comes in Matthew 11, where he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus knows that you're busy. He knows that you're burdened. He knows that you're tired and worn out and exhausted by your work and your life. And so he invites you to follow him and to take his yoke. Now, in the ancient world, a yoke, especially on a person, was a symbol of servitude. It was a symbol of oppression and a hard life. And I want you to notice in this passage that Jesus doesn't say he's just going to magically get rid of everything wrong in your life. He doesn't say, I'm going to take care of all of your problems at work and everything's going to be perfect after you follow me. No, he says he's going to come and he's going to take your burden and he's going to give you two things in return. He's going to give you rest and he's going to give you his yoke the expectations of what it means to follow Jesus. Some of you are here this morning and you are carrying heavy yokes. You are burdened and you are exhausted. You're worn out by your work. Your kids are driving you crazy. You're beaten down because of your fights with your spouse. You feel crushed by the problems that your finances have. You're worn out and you're exhausted and you just need to rest. And if that's you this morning, rest in Jesus. Rest in Jesus. Rest in the good news that you don't have to walk through the troubles of your life by yourself. Rest in the good news that there is someone who is in control. Rest in the good news that whatever burdens you have in life, whether they're work or with your family or something in your past, rest in the fact that Jesus can take those from you. All you have to do is let him. Now, some of you need to rest in Jesus by being more 
purposeful with your rest, with your worship, with your prayer, with your scripture reading, with your connection to God. And others of you need to rest in Jesus by planning and protecting your rest on a more consistent basis. And some of you need to rest in Jesus by pausing for a minute and recognizing that even though it doesn't seem like it, he is in control. And others of you are here this morning and you've never rested in Jesus. You've never decided to follow him. And if that is you this morning, I want to encourage you to cry out to him and to ask him to take your burden and to give you his rest. And if that's you this morning and you are wrestling with that, I would encourage you to talk to someone after service. Talk to me, talk to Pastor Matt or Jeremy or Jason. Talk to another rooftop where we would love to share more with you about the rest that Jesus offers. Guys, life is busy. Life is tiring, at least if my life is any example or indication. But amidst the busyness of life, don't forget to rest. Because you were made for purposeful rest. Rest that restores you and brings you closer to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your gift of rest in our lives and for the reminders that you put throughout Scripture uh, to stop, to pause from our busyness and to rest in you. Lord, help us repent from our desire to do all of our work all of the time, to think that we can do everything on our own. Lord, give us the wisdom to purposefully rest, Give us the strength. Lord, be with those of us here today who are beaten down and who are worn out from everything that's going on in our lives. Bring us your rest. Rest that is restorative. Rest that brings us closer to you. We need you, Lord. Come upon us this morning and give us your rest. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.